You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 213 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I'm going over the additions of Sergio Romo and Yusmero Petit and why they are good fits in this Oakland bullpen. Plus, I'm going to be going over some guys that could be on the trade block over the course of the season. So that's what we got on deck for you guys today. Also, pitchers and catchers reported today. So uh, jump for joy and all that stuff. But before I get into the meat of the episode, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. Before I get into uh, why I like these two signings, I do want to point out that the A's have now had a total of six members of the Giants 2012 pitching staff on their club at one time or another. You've got Petit and Romo, obviously. Then you got Barry Zito, who started off with the A's. Then you got Travis Blackley, who started the year with the Giants, ended up coming over to Oakland, pitched his ass off in game 161 for the A's against Texas, and uh, he's kind of a, a cult hero, I guess, uh, among A's fandom. Then you got Dan Otero, who pitched really well in 2013 and 2014 with the A's, and finally Santiago Garcia, who started his career with the A's as Jairo Garcia in 2004, spent some time with the Giants on their World Series teams, and then came back to Oakland in 2017 and was released a couple of days before the A's brought in Yuri's Familia in 2018, so uh, that's all six members that have been on both teams. Uh, well, I mean, in that one 2012 Giants pitching staff. So I thought that that was a lot of fun and that the crossover was really interesting considering that there just are not trades that happen between these two teams. Just wanted to get that out of the way real quick. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you probably already have an opinion on either Sergio Romo or Yusmeri Petit and the signings that the A's made uh, just a couple days ago here. And I've seen some pushback out there that the A's should have added some hard-throwing guys in the bullpen instead of this combo. And, you know, I, I agree. If you listen to the podcast after the 2020 season, and I did a series of pods naming guys that these could go after in their bullpen and why they make sense. Usually they were high spin rate guys and guys that threw hard or maybe even some combination of, the, of both. Uh, and Romo doesn't necessarily do either of those things, but his baseball savant page is filled with red, which is good. Um, and his best feature is not allowing high exit velocities, which over the course of the last three seasons has ranked it in the 90th, 99th, and 81st percentile. So he's been consistently among the best in baseball at doing that. Obviously, the 81st percentile came in 2020. And again, I'm taking 2020 stats with a little bit of a grain of salt, but uh, he was still pretty good, just not quite as elite as he had been in previous seasons. So, uh, And it may not seem like a big deal, but if you're a team that's dealing on the margins like the A's and you combine the report that baseballs are being deadened ahead of the 2021 season with them shipping out Chris Davis, whose only tool is power, and then adding Sergio Romo, whose best tool is weak contact, you can piece together how the A's think that these balls are going to be impacting their team coming up in the 2021 season. And hey, if you're not going to be spending a whole bunch of money, why not throw, you know, two and a quarter million dollars at Sergio Romo and 
see if he can provide you with a, a nice boost, a nice veteran boost in your bullpen. And uh, I, I see their reasoning. They showed their work. I'm okay with it. Uh, obviously, you want the your team, or you know, in this case, the A's, to make bigger moves. But he's not a bad move by any means. And uh, we were already beaten down that they weren't going to do anything. So at that point, you're like, hey, we'll take anything. And that's the nature of A's fandom right there. <laughs> but moving on, I think that if Sergio Romo can give the A's 55 to 60 innings and produce an ERA around three and a half, I think that we'd all take that. Same thing goes with Yusmero Petit. He's been called the Swiss Army knife of the A's bullpen. And with him being back with the club, it does feel like some guys can start filling into their bullpen roles. Uh, obviously, you already had Wendelkin and uh, Jake Diekman in the later innings. But with Romo, maybe you have a guy that you can slot in the seventh or the eighth inning as a reliable veteran. But he also has a ton of closing experience, including getting the last out of the World Series. So even if he's not the same guy anymore numbers-wise, maybe he says something to J.B. Wendelkin that builds him up for a similar situation down the line, or maybe even down the line this season. It might not even uh, take long to, for that one to mature. He could help these guys that they have in the bullpen this year, and that could be a boost for the A's bullpen, and that's something that I'm looking forward to. Maybe he could help Nick Turley in some way. Maybe Romo knows something about how Taylor Rogers goes about his business in Minnesota and transfers that knowledge to Turley, and all of a sudden the A's have another steady lefty th that's throwing 95. It'd be similar to uh, Jake Diekman getting the, the grip off of the pitching ninja, and all of a sudden allowing one run in his 2020 season something like that is what i'm picturing in my head with sergio romo if he knows what kind of a grip taylor rogers uh has or maybe if taylor rogers just uh, you can give him a call and be like hey this is what i was doing nick turley and then nick turley's a really good reliever a solid under the radar reliever and i think that that's how they build their bullpens generally and nick turley is a guy that uh, i think that some of us have been very high on i'm definitely on that bandwagon and uh, i, I want to see what he can do and if sergio romo can help him unlock stuff anything anything then uh, great great signing by the A's right here with Sergio Romo and we all know that Romo relies on his frisbee slider and with the way the bullpens are constructed these days it feels like the A's are falling behind the curve with constructing a winner because a lot of bullpens have a lot of hard throwers and uh, you saw the A's get overpowered a little bit by the Houston Astros in 2020 uh, in, in the playoffs not during the regular season in the playoffs when it mattered but if you're looking for just speed for the sake of speed then Sam Coonrod is one of the hardest throwers in the game but he still had an ERA close to 10 last year and notably stood for the national anthem in the A's Giants game when everybody kneeled as a sign of solidarity for Black Lives Matter. So yeah, I'm good with Romo who has a career of being at the very worst league average, which you can build a winner on league average players. And by all accounts, seems like a joy to be around. I think he'll add some fun to the bullpen mix and he may even help unlock something with one of their other younger arms as well. So Sergio Romo might not throw hard, but I think that he has a lot of hidden value that he's bringing to the team at a very low cost to the A's, which you know John Fisher's got to be super soaked about. But moving on to Petit, he was getting hit really hard at the end of last season, and I was starting to get a little bit worried about him then. And of course, there was his performance in the playoffs last year too. He just didn't seem to have it. He was getting rocked. He, guys were taking him to the warning track, and you know, he, they would catch it, but uh, you know, still not great. But I think that with the ball being dead a little bit. He's a solid addition that Bob Melvin already trusts. And I talked about this at length on Friday, but guys who can throw and throw and throw are going to be extra valuable in 2021. Petit is a workhorse, and I think that that should not be discounted in him being an addition to this bullpen. If he can give you a 70, 75 innings, that's a big workload that the A's 
all of a sudden don't need their starting rotation to take on. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to Friday's episode. I go into uh, workloads and the 2020 COVID season and all that stuff being a factor for this season. So now we're all caught up. What I think that these two moves do is add a couple of reliable veteran arms to the mix that helps really solidify the A's bullpen to start the season. And right now I'd say that your reliable arms are Jake Diekman, J.B. Wendelkin, Petit, Romo, Caleric, and Trevino hovering in that middle ground uh, between reliable and I guess we'll see. So you got six guys that it's you're pretty confident in, which is way more than they had even before last week. So they had three guys maybe before that. And now all of a sudden you got a pretty decent bullpen underrated. Not a lot of flashy arms, but some guys that can get the job done. And uh, you also got Danny Jimenez, uh, who was the rule five pick. Let's see if he sticks around and he gives you a number seven in your bullpen. If, you know, if he does stick around, then you got Nick Turley being number eight. And that's the whole bullpen. And that means that you still got Jordan Weems and Burt Smith still waiting in the wings. You got a little bit of depth in that bullpen all of a sudden with these two signings of Romo and Petit. And it made it so that Lou Trevino isn't the third or fourth arm out of the bullpen. And I don't think that you can say that the A's 40-man roster is better with Paul Blackburn and Dustin Fowler or whoever gets DFA'd with uh, when these moves become official than it is with Petit and Romo. I think that the A's 40-man roster got an upgrade overall. The A's added to their top 26 players and are basically just saying goodbye to guys that they would have said bye to in a month anyway. And they did it in true A's fashion by not spending money. Uh, so anyways, coming up on the show, I'm going to give you guys some names that could be on the move a little bit later this season. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the new and improved Bill Bar, which is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They got six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake. I'm going to stop right there. I've said all these a bunch. Uh, lemon almond cheesecake. I've been having this one sit on my desk for like a month now. I've been waiting to try it, and I did. I did today, and it was delicious. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've been saying lemon, lemon's my jam. I got down on the lemon and uh, I was very happy that I did. And now I want them to send me more Bilt Bars. Um, so if you're listening to this Bilt Bar, I would like more, please. Thank you. Um, they, they also got 12 original flavors. That, they're still there. I've talked about those. Uh, all their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. And all of their bars are built for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats like lemon almond cheesecake is go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Today's show is also brought to you guys by a family business named rockauto.com. They have been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So if you like to sit in your garage and do things on your own, same prices at rockauto.com. That's a plus in my book and their books are the same for you. Anyways, uh, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. 
If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have a podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, who's a very good friend of the show. Very nice guy. He is also the host of the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. From team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game, Locked on MLB Prospects is the way for you to stay plugged in to the future of your favorite MLB team, like the A's. That's that's not written there, but I said it. So yeah, he he has actually talked to Mike Fires and Jesus Lizardo on the show. So uh, check those out. Those were... uh beginning of the offseason. Anyways, uh, subscribe today wherever you like hearing podcasts. And welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you're on Apple or other places where that's a thing that can happen. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I know that some of you guys are probably fearing this segment a little bit because I've been saying, oh, people do get traded later this year. And uh, I'm going to put you guys at ease. I'm not talking about Matt Chapman at all. And uh, so you're at ease now. I'm not talking about Matt Chapman. Uh, I don't think that he's going to get moved unless the A's are not in contention around the trade deadline. And I think that they will be in contention all season. So I don't see that happening. So at ease, I guess. Um, There are a few guys that I could see getting moved, however, and they are all outfielders. Uh, Again, Maybe not who you're expecting. The first man up is Austin Beck, who was the A's first round selection in 2017. Oakland took him sixth overall, and he has had some mixed results in the lower minors since being drafted, batting a cumulative 268 with a 317 on base, winning a 705 OPS between rookie ball, A ball, and high A. Uh, those aren't bad stats, but for a number six overall pick, I think that they're hoping for a little bit better. Uh, last season, the A's were able to pick a handful of players that they wanted to have at the alternate site down in San Jose, which is where most teams kept their most prized prospects so that they could keep on developing uh, so that they wouldn't miss time in development and all that stuff. And Beck was not on the A's list, though he was added for fall instructs. And I felt like that was a little bit telling. Maybe it was a wake up call. Maybe it's a, hey, we're going to trade you at some point kind of thing. Last season, I was mentioning that uh, Austin Beck's Twitter was suggesting that he was ready to prove the A's wrong in a few different tweets, uh, like, oh, the chip's bigger on my shoulder now and stuff like that. And I do think that the first couple of months of this season will be put up or shut up time uh, from the vantage point of the A's front office. And even if he does well, they may capitalize on that good couple of months and move him in a deadline deal to try and improve the big league roster. Because if he has some value, he has the pedigree. He was a number six overall pick in the 2017 draft. He's not old. Uh, if he gives you a good couple of months and the A's are like, hey, let's see what we can get for him right now, I could see them trying to move him right there. And if he's not performing well, the A's may just cut bait. So we'll see uh, what happens with him. I'm rooting for Beck, obviously, because some guys take a little bit longer to develop than others and it looks like he has a chip on his shoulder and he's going to be out to prove himself in 2021 and just as a point of reference this is not meant to knock anybody but uh, some guys that were taken in the first round uh, of that same draft are Royce Lewis Hunter Green Mackenzie Gore Brendan McKay and Kyle Wright all of those guys were selected before Austin Beck and we've heard a lot about them uh, over the last you know couple of years as being you know big prospects and you know Austin Beck is not on that list and then uh, a little bit behind him were Keston Hura who's uh, the Brewer starting second baseman, I think right now, question mark. Uh, Joe Adele, big prospect with the Angels. And then finally, the Mariners starting first baseman for the foreseeable future was taken like 17th, I think, overall. And that's Evan White. And then Nate Pearson went 22 picks later than him and signed for half of what Beck got. So 
if you want to be mad at somebody, don't be mad at Austin Beck. Be mad at the A's for not taking Nate Pearson for way less money, you know, under slots, and then uh, getting Nate Pearson. So uh, there's that. If the A's can get some value out of him in a trade, then I can see a move happening. And again, I'm not saying that Beck is not talented, but I think that by now they were hoping that they would know what kind of a player that they have on hand. He becomes a Rule 5 eligible player this winter, and so there's a good chance that a team would take a flyer on him anyway if he's not able to be added to the 40-man roster for the A's. And I don't know if they're going to want to do that if they don't know what kind of a player they have. So I think that that just makes sense. If if he's not going to make your 40-man roster, then you got to move him. I, I think that that's just the legit, the business side of, of baseball, if you will. Another guy that I could see being on the move, and I'm not sure how much trade value he has currently, is Lazaro Armenteros, or Lazarito as he's more commonly known. He is already Rule 5 eligible, and the A's were able to snake him through because of his huge strikeout rates. He's still only 21 and has tons of raw power and a decent amount of speed, but he struck out 227 times in 538 plane appearances in 2019 at high A. That's a strikeout rate of 42.2%. He has talent, but again, his clock has already started, and I think that there is upside here, but if he's not showing signs of being able to make the 40-man roster by season's end, he's another piece that could be used as a sweetener in a deal to land an upgrade or an injury replacement for the big league roster. And one guy that could come onto the A's radar as a trade target may be Nico Goodrum of the Tigers. He's a switch hitter that has a 131 WRC plus against lefties in his career to go with a 383 on base. This is against lefties again, so don't get too excited. And while his strikeout rate overall is kind of bad, against lefties it sits at 21.3 as opposed to 31 or something like that against righties. He also has two more years of arbitration left, so if you works out great he's a relatively inexpensive option but if he doesn't work out or he's too expensive then they can just non-tender him it's not a big deal adding good room would add infield depth which is something that they could use a little bit more of especially after they shipped out Sheldon Noisy last week but it would also move Chad Pender off of his likely platoon at second base with Tony Kemp and on the one hand I like having Pender available to fill in in case of injuries and using him as more of a jack-of-all-trades where he can play left field or you know second base or third base or wherever but he also deserves a better role than that at this point because he's proven to be solid he had a great playoffs when he was getting regular playing time so making an upgrade in the platoon at second would mean that there would have to probably be another trade involved most likely and I wouldn't be shocked if Mark Hanna was moved at some point during the season we all love bat flipping season, but I've been getting asked about him from fellow Locked On hosts all offseason, which leads me to believe that front offices wouldn't mind having him either. I've been getting 2014 vibes from this season for a while now because I think that Matt Chapman is probably going to be on the move after this season and that the front office may try and fine-tune this squad with everything in its arsenal to make the 2021 A's a legitimate World Series contender as the season progresses because they just aren't there just yet. This could be Billy Bean's last season in the front office too, and there is speculation that it could also be Bob Melvin's last season as the manager in Oakland. So if they're going to be going out, go out swinging a bunch of big trades. Why not? So with all that in mind, Mark Canna would play the role of Yohannes Cespedes this season, <laughs> which is a long way to get to that. And I shouldn't be laughing because Mark Canna is beloved in Oakland. But um, as an A's fan, I'm dead inside. So there's that. The argument for moving Canna is that he has a decent amount of trade value and moving whatever is left on his salary would not be chump change and he's a free agent at the end of the year. You could use some of that money that they freed up in trading Mark Canna to attract other guys to come in other trades or whatever. Um, and there's also the consideration that Seth Brown or for some poetic justice, new Rule 5 outfielder Kai Tom, both lefty bats could balance the lineup a little bit better by moving a, a 
you know, productive righty in Mark Canna, maybe you get a better balance to the lineup with one of these other two guys. And don't get me wrong, Mark Canna is a solid bat and wouldn't and the A's would not be better for trading him away for nothing. Do I have someone in mind that they could trade for him right now? No, no, I don't. But I feel like the logic adds up where they could balance the lineup, get another piece that they're missing, whether that's a bullpen piece or a rotation piece or a, a different bat of some sorts. Maybe they package him with a prospect and get, you know, uh, JD Martinez or somebody. I don't know. Uh, maybe they get a starter for the stretch run or a closer because Diekman, Romo, and Wendelkin are struggling. And if the A's feel like they had a suitable in-house replacement for Canna, I could see this happening. And because the A's have so many lefty swinging outfielders down in the minors that seem to be ready for their chance at the major leagues, the odds of one of them feeling comfortable at some point or making the A's front office feel comfortable about moving somebody like Mark Canna aren't zero at the very least. Uh, maybe they're as high as 10% or 20% because they have so many guys that hit from the left side. If you start giving them some random playing time, see how they do. Maybe you get a little bit of an uptick on defense. I know that Mark Canna had that great defensive uh, play in the playoffs, but Maybe you could find somebody who's league average with the bat and then better defensively, and then all of a sudden you're not giving up too much there, and then you can improve in some other facet. There, there are ways to go about it where it kind of makes sense. Um, also, maybe I'm just uh, rationalizing this because I'm an A's fan, and I know that uh, I don't get to have nice things, and so uh, I'm preparing myself mentally for it. So maybe there's not, no smoke to this one, but um, j just some some thought process that I was having. Um, also, I have no sources on any of this stuff. It's just gut feeling, gusto, as I like to say. This is the gut feeling. Gusto podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> so those are three guys that I feel like could be on the trade block this season. The first two guys would be minor deals or, you know, uh, nice uh, sweetener pieces. But if they're in a minor deal, then they're basically just resetting the team control clock on a flyer prospect. Well, Canna being on the move would be more of a win now retool uh, or basically a waving of the white flag if they fall out of contention. I just feel like the front office is going to be keeping me busy during the offseason in uh, reporting all this stuff. Just it gives me that feeling, like that 2014 feeling where they're going to be making a trade here and there and, you know, they're going to blow it up at the end and have a farm system after they trade away all the good guys. So uh, may as well use what they got right now because uh, their farm system not ranked very high. I believe it was 29th according to Keith Law or somebody. So they don't have prospects yet, but they will when they blow the team up. And just because I can't end on that note, I will uh, tell you guys, I'll probably be recording on Friday. It'll post either on Friday night or Saturday morning, um, just so you guys know what the recording schedule is. And then I believe in March, we're going back to five days. So you got a couple of weeks until, uh, until we start doing that. And there will also be baseball in less than two weeks on the radio, probably. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, so that's it for me today, you guys. Until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk with you guys soon.